Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 178 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. How's everyone doing? I'm awesome, Joe. How are you? You sound wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I feel wonderful. I sound wonderful. Uh, your voice I'm, is finally caught up to your outside appearance. True, true. <laughs> um, but if only my that's so that's incorrect because it's a very like Sam Elliott sounding voice. Okay. And I would kill to look like Sam Elliott does. I just meant like sound like shit. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, I I got sick on Friday. It was like Friday was bad. Saturday was okay. Sunday, Monday, I was bad. Tuesday, Wednesday, I was okay. And then today, it just knocked me on my ass. And I just feel terrible, sound terrible. Uh, it's not COVID. It's like actually like a head cold, head cold sort of thing. But, yeah, you know, it's been three years. You forget that you could get those sort of things, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not used to being like regular sick. Right, but, right. Uh, aside from uncontrollable rage, I feel fine. <laughs> well, we have to save that way. We got a long way to go. So enough dilly-dallying. Yes. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So this is going to be the short, short, short version of This Day in Wrestling History. Okay, I'll, I'll cut out all the things that I was going to bring. Right. I'll keep it to a lean 20 minutes. <laughs> um, I I did pull three shows off of this even before uh, I sent it to you. Uh, so on this day in wrestling history, 1996 was the ECW event Cyber Slam 96. A rather ho-hum card. Uh, most of this never makes air. Um, but the most important thing that happened on the show, this was the Brian Pillman incident. Okay. I feel like, weren't we like talking about this last week or the week before? Probably the week before. Okay. Um, because it lined up with like one of the episodes or like, uh, the WCW pay-per-view. Okay. Um, or something or something. Right. Uh, but this, everyone's seen this, Uh, you know, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you 100% saw this Pillman shows up, he cuts the promo, he calls everyone smart marks. Uh, he attacks the fan in the front row, who's definitely a fan and not someone who's done ring crew for the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a wild time in wrestling, man. I feel like this, the, like the Brian Pillman debut where he tells everybody, there's, you know, shut up smart marks and all that shit. This might be the ECW clip or segment that I've seen more than any other ECW segment or clip or match. Because if you do like the Venn diagram of things I love, from like that era, like ECW, the big bubble for that. And then Brian Pillman, the big bubble for that, that little sure. part where they intersect. It's like my go-to thing. If I'm feeling nostalgic and I want to watch something on the old network or on the cock or whatever. Now I have to take like out of my head, the opening credits, right. Where you get to see like all those clips, you know, mm. um, obviously in my mind, I would think like this would be up there. Uh, public enemy breaking the ring with everyone coming in. Um, Taz and Sabu standing across the ring from each other, like when the lights go off and the lights go on. Yeah. Uh, but I think the Pillman's probably like definitely top five of like most viewed 
most memorable ECW moments. And, and if you say like in front of a crowd, it's a hard number one because then you're eliminating for me all of the backstage or not even backstage the in the Heyman household interviews with like yeah. Cactus or whatever, you know? Yeah, like my my like in this this list is like my head canon like the 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 dreamer hitting Raven with the one chair shot while he's handcuffed to the the cage. Yeah. Um, like even though that's in the opening, that happened in 1995. That was in the opening until the last ECW show in 2001. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, memorable moment. Um, now thank God we have GCW making the new ones these days. <laughs> you could, you could, well, listen, you could say a lot of shit today to get me riled up. And I'm just gonna have to move on, you know. <laughs> yeah, we have short show. Let's go. Today's sticking to a format. All right, so we do have our head-to-head Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro in 1997. Uh, big things to do in head-to-head here. Both shows are live uh, for the second time this year. On the live Nitro, Prince Iakea defeats William Regal, Stephen Regal, for the TV title. Aww. Now, the significance of this, especially at the time, um, you know, in our, like, seven-day cycle, we had Thursday, Raw Thursday, then two days later, we had the Sunday pay-per-view Fatal 4, and then this Raw. Um, on that Thursday, Raw Thursday, uh, Rocky Maivia, then a young second-generation Polynesian wrestler, defeated the aristocratic blue-blood character Hunter Hearst Helmsley for the Intercontinental title. Oh. On Nitro, Prince Iakea, second-generation Polynesian wrestler, defeats an Englishman, nobleman, blue blood type gimmick for one of their secondary titles. So everyone's like, oh, they're just copying Raw with this. (laughs) You know what? This is the first I'm hearing about this, and I I am the head exploding emoji right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So this puts Prince Iakea, who is relatively new, kind of on the cruiserweight side of things, into a three-person feud for the TV title with Regal and Rey Mysterio. So to say that young Prince Iake was out of his depth is an understatement. <laughs> and as we mentioned on the Monday on the WWE side of things, Thursday Raw Thursday, Sean losing his smile, world famous moment. The Sunday Fatal Four Pay Per View, Brett wins the title. That next Monday on Raw, Sid beats Brett for the title. And now we're on the road to WrestleMania as they set up Sid versus Undertaker. And they're setting up Brett versus Austin for WrestleMania. Hmm. I wonder if uh, Psycho Sid was able to pull a good match out of Brett on that episode of Raw. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Also on this day of wrestling history, 2002, World Wrestling Entertainment held No Way Out uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Again, or rather whatever show, but the thing that this is most notable for, this is the debut of the NWO, Hall, Nash, and Hogan in the WWF. Yeah, and speaking of, like, mind-blowing stuff, the fact that, like, you have a pay-per-view with initials NWO, like, for whatever reason, as a 22-year-old, I was like, how did this line up so perfectly? It's like, (laughs) I am just for whatever reason, it just didn't make sense to me that it was like perfect timing, almost like it was kayfabe or something. Yeah. Well, when they rebranded this in your house as a No Way Out, I think in 1998, um, it was initially first No Way Out of Texas. 
and then it just became no way out. And with those initials being NWO, people are like, oh, that's them trying to copy WCW, trick people and think it's an NWO pay-per-view. People said a lot of dumb shit, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, obviously, I don't know when this happened. Probably I, for this day in history, we might have missed it. Or if we talked about it, I forgot about it. But like Vince, you know, crudely having NWO written on the back of his swivel chair and saying he was right. going to destroy the WWE. And that was just one of those things that's just so bad that it's awesome. I, I wish. Gonna, I, yeah, I can't do the Vince voice right now, but he's like, <laughs> he's going to inject. He's going to destroy. A lethal the dose of poison. That's right. <laughs> But I wish, like, WWE was that good right now. Yes. Well, it could be. We'll get in that in uh, talking points, right? Yeah. We do have a, a blonde-headed guy maybe debuting. Oh, boy. <laughs> Brother. Uh, so on this day in wrestling history as well, 2017, five years ago, was the AIW event entitled Walk the Plank. Now, this is an interesting show. You know, AIW is still always trying a bunch of different folks. Uh, I point to a match on here that was uh, Brian Carson, Dr. Dan, and Swoggle taking on Dick Justice, Space Monkey, and Britt Baker. <laughs> How far all six of they have come. Um, but the main match on here is Lewis Linden taking a coming out of retirement Paul Burchill. Uh, so... Paul Burchill, if you remember, in World Wrestling Entertainment, he was the pirate character. Oh, of course, almost dated his sister. <laughs> <laughs> and the show was entitled Walk the Plank. Uh, as several months prior, after his um, controversial run in AIW, Matt Riddle went on a podcast and buried AIW. Said how poorly run the locker room was, how they... He didn't get along with anyone in charge. How his first match in, they had him wrestle some pirate guy, Lewis Linden, and <laughs> lose to him with a low blow. Now, Lewis Linden's gimmick was not that of a pirate. Um, the finish the finish was, yes, Lewis Linden going over, but the talent are pretty much in charge of putting their own finishes together, uh, claiming that he was forced to pick up and drop off people where he lived in the area at the time, he was actually on the way to pick up everyone else that I was picking. And on three different occasions, he refused to ride with us. <laughs> and then one time he was coming back and Veda Scott and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams were on a Beyond show with him. And they worked out with him that they would go to the Beyond show with him. But he went through this whole thing of burying AIW. So based on him burying AIW, him calling Lewis Linden a pirate. This show gets called Walk the Plank, and they book Lewis Linden against an actual pirate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, this is the first time I'm hearing something bad about Matt Riddle. I thought he was such a good guy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you guys have just caught up to Matt Riddle within the last two or three years. I've been on the fuck Matt Riddle train for about five years, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, and I'm not to get off on a tangent. I remember when Riddle, like, when he first popped up in NXT, and I was like, I don't get this Matt Riddle guy. I'm not a fan. And I'm pretty sure you tried, like, turning me on to Matt Riddle. Like, no, no, he's he's good. He's good. He's good. And then I came around, and then we both had eggs on our face. So you should have nipped it in the bud back then. Well, it was one of those things where, like, this is like a petty indie beef. 
AIW had moved on. He had seemingly moved on. Um, I didn't know that he was allegedly a sex pest and a sex creep. Um, you know, so, you know, we all have lessons to learn. Yeah, I got you. All right. Anything else for this day in history? No, uh, you can get into whatever you'd like to talk about from this last week. Well, I will just say for the last thing, uh, it is the birthday of the Michael Jordan of Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. So, (laughs) so that's the only thing I have for this day in history. Uh, but I thought that that would be cool, but, um, yeah, this, uh, like talking points. So we mentioned last week, Joe, that I would give everybody a week's notice before I do a poll. So tomorrow I will post on the show account a poll asking whether you would rather us go back to likes and dislikes or continue doing the what we've been doing recently, which is just the the loose talking points, the casual conversation, if you will. And, you know, go ahead and, and make your voice heard. I think it needs to be pretty much a landslide one way or another, because if it's like 49.51 to go back to you know, likes and dislikes, you know, uh, screw that. We're keeping it this way. But if it's, if it's like overwhelmingly going back to likes and dislikes, then we'll go ahead and do that. So uh, keep an eye out for that poll. Like I said, I teased it last week. I know Joe wants to go back to likes and dislikes. I prefer this way. So I'm pretty sure the people will side with Joe, but I digress. Um, So anyways, talking points. I don't have a lot of stuff uh, on this first thing because I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about it as well. But I want to obviously talk about the fact that, you know, I don't even want to say the big acquisition, the big rumor jumping of ship or the we're all getting worked. Brian Pillman style brother uh, of Cody Rhodes allegedly, you know, leaving AEW, maybe going to WWE. The reason why I want to talk about it is because I can I've never been able to um, comprehend a scenario where there's an air quotes big name like this that could go to the competition or I just don't give a shit. (laughs) Like if he's on AEW, I don't care if he's not on AEW. I don't care if he shows up on Monday night raw. Like I would check it out for the podcast sake, but it's not going to make the WWE seem like a better show. Like he's not moving the needle. Um, If they bring him on and have him beat Roman Reigns, I'll start flipping over furniture. But um it's such a non-story, but it's such a big, big non-story. And I, I don't know how to comprehend it. And like all the talk that, oh, this is a work straight from the top. Him and Tony Khan are working the boys and nobody knows what's going on. Like all these conspiracy theories. It's so fascinating to just sit back and crowd watch the, like what people are saying. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care where he goes. Uh, I got nothing against Cody. Uh, I now, I'm not going to be one of the people that, like, when he comes on the television, I turn it off, but it's not going to put butts in the seats as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so uh, the Cody stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you think it's a work, then you're, a, like, you just don't understand how things work. Um, is there a chance that he could go back to AEW? Maybe, but he does not have a contract. Uh, he is making, if not has already made a deal with World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, but as Adam said, like, Cody's not my guy. Cody's never been my guy. Um, you know, that period of time from when he left AEW or from when he left WWE, did New Japan, Ring of Honor, the Indies before AEW, he built up a very strong fan base. Um, 
Now, that's kind of when you got into the club lows. So, like, you were a fan of the Bucks, but not Cody? I Well, in my defense, when I discovered the Bullet Club, uh, AJ Styles was at the ta- uh, at the helm. So sure. it was like AJ, the Bucks, Kenny Omega was kind of the second. Double J. Then, yeah, <laughs> of course. Who can forget Double J? Um, and then I guess, like, you can say that, you know, AJ left, Omega ascended, and Hangman showed up, and... Marty Skrull showed up, you know, so like that era, um, I think Cody coming in might have been towards the end of me, like being interested in the Bullet Club stuff. And it's not because of Cody. It's right. just because for whatever reason, my interest was starting to go away. I don't know if you know this. I have a short attention span. <laughs> Only had a short attention span when it came to one specific uh, <laughs> subset of wrestling fandom. Mm. And we're on, what, 187 weeks of that? Anyway. <laughs> Um, so like I said, Cody's not my guy. Cody's never been my guy. Cody always came off as corny. Cody always came off as someone who was a better actor than a professional wrestler, which is fine. This is the world of sports and entertainment. Um, usually I like the guys that are more 60 to 70 sports and 30 to 40 entertainment. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Cody, I think is like 90 entertainment and 10 sports. But the thing is you cannot take away the fact that he's a fascinating character. When he's on TV, your eyes are drawn to him, whether it's a bad reason or a good reason. Um, WWE is banking on that fan base that he's cultivated over the last however many years he's gone, coming to follow him over to WWE when he makes his debut. Um, Now, we're not going to get into all the other, and again, I I can't even say rumor and innuendo, Um, just the reputation that he and Brandy had backstage. you know, and I know a lot of people have come out and defended both of them and everything that happened with John and Amanda Huber. Excuse me. Well, guys, I'm sorry. Um, that kind of gave Cody and a lot of other guys a pass for a very long time for me. Um, yeah. Because the way that Cody and Jericho and a lot of those guys treated that family uh, in, you know, one of the hardest moments of their life. And, you know, it's something that they and Amanda – and those kids will never get over, right? Mm. Um, so Cody kind of got a little bit of a pass for me. But, you know, there are people in this world that are the nicest people to me. And I have people motherfucking behind their back because they were bad to them. And there's people out there that have these great stories about these great things that Cody did for them. And for every 10 people that there is, there's probably two that motherfuck Cody, you know? Yeah. Um we're not going to get too much into that, but I'm just going to say that's a thing that exists. Mm. Whatever his deal is in WWE, however long it's going to be for, the question I have for you, Adam, is when do you think Cody debuts? So if we're under the assumption that he is signed, um, yes. you have to imagine that he's going to have a match at Mania. It would be foolhardy to not have him advertise on the card. So whether that means I don't think you you fly him out to freaking Jeddah or if I was Cody, I'd be like, fuck you. I'll debut on Raw the next day or whatever. I would not uh, want to debut at the Elimination Chamber. But if that was a proper pay-per-view uh, not taking place in a, in where it is, uh, I would have him debut at the pay-per-view. But I, I think is what's the last pay-per-view before Mania? 
This is the last pay-per-view this before Mania. Then it's got to be Monday. Now, I'll go you one little different. I say, because we're going to get into some other stuff that came out this week. I say you hold off Cody to the day after Mania. Because that day after Mania, Raw is always supposed to be like that big Raw where like the new storylines start and everything else like that. Because if you look at that roster right now, as it is, seven weeks before WrestleMania, where's the Cody program? Who's the Cody match that you want to see? And I'm not saying you, Adam. I'm just saying the general you. I know for me, it's nobody. I don't care. And I know for you, Adam, it's probably nobody. But But my thing is, if you're going to have WrestleMania across two nights, which I guess is the rumor, they do not have. No, it's not a rumor. It's across two nights. Okay. They They do not have. They were doing a Valentine's buy one, get one sale. (laughs) They don't have the talent to fill two nights, you know, uh, so you need to put him on there uh, just because you can only have Brock Lesnar and Roman and Kevin Owens and Stone Cold and and whatever wrestle so many times. So I, I feel like you have to have him on there to, to make one of those shows. I'm not going to say better, but more of a draw. And if you're going to put him on Mania with like no program – have him in there against somebody like Baron Corbin, you know, and just have him win if you're going to have Cody be a babyface. You know, give him the the Ultimate Warrior returns against Triple H treatment. You know, you're going to have him make his big return at Mania. It doesn't need to be this long, drawn-out match. It doesn't have to be, you know, a culmination of this feud you've built up over the last seven weeks. Have him come out and actually take longer with his entrance than the actual match. Have him bury somebody that's like a mid-carder, upper mid-carder, former U.S. champ, former Intercontinental metal champ somebody in that realm so they could be like hey look at this top guy coming in and give him his pop i think that that's the what you need to do instead of holding off because if you don't have him on mania like i said it's just you're gonna have like i don't know the street profits and the viking raiders going in a match that nobody cares about you know i mean not to say that they're worse than cody but from wrestlemania standpoint it's not as good so we already have marquee matches set up as, you know, Brock and Roman are pretty much locked in stone and Ronda versus Charlotte. Those are your two main events, right? Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. bringing in Cody and he's to be positioned as the big star that he's supposed to be, you would assume that he needs to have a main event style match. And they'll argue and say, well, if you're on WrestleMania, every match is a main event. And if you believe that, you know, I got something else that we could go over as well mm-hmm. because I hate myself and I have, you know. Um, I love this idea. I, honest to God, like him coming against Baron Corbin of all people. <laughs> and I'll even go you one better. They were hyping up recently on TV that no one has ever kicked out of Baron Corbin's finisher in his entire time in WWE. Have Cody kick out of his finisher. <laughs> and yeah. whether that is a positive thing that gets the crowd behind him or a negative thing or like all of a sudden this makes Baron Corbin the biggest baby face in WWE. Um, like obviously the big mania entrance, but here's my thought process. You're looking at it from a creative standpoint and, uh, a, a great, uh, JR always says on his podcast, it's the two C's cash or creative. And I think when it comes to Cody, it's cash. Okay. So okay. Cody debuts the night after mania on that raw. He still gets his fat WWE contract. He still gets that money because right now these guys, I don't know what the pay-per-view payouts are with these guys that are being, quote, guaranteed money that are being paid on their downsides and stuff. 
I think if you work WrestleMania, that just means they take a bigger chunk out of your downside, right? Yeah. So the thing with that, the thing with Cody debuting the night after Mania is that he gets to do WrestleCon weekend that none of the other AEW people can do. Because I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, Tony Khan isn't letting any of the AEW people do WrestleCon this year. You can't work shows that weekend. You can't do signings at WrestleCon. Oh, wow. it's, I didn't it's, know that. Okay, because it's too close to, to Mania. It's right there. Cody ain't AAW no more. Cody's a huge name. Um, I know what people were being offered who were, I would say, like, you know, maybe like two steps down from where Cody was perceived to be mm. and how much they were being offered a day to do WrestleCon. So I think he'll probably make a little bit more than that a day. Um, let's say 50 grand a day Oof. for three days for signing autographs. Uh, Conrad has been teasing some sort of big name at his thing. And a lot of people have put out speculation that it could be Shane or Triple H, which I think would be huge. Triple H is still a WWE contracted person. Shane is a great guest, but I think it's going to be Cody. So Cody's going to get his Conrad payoff on top of the WrestleCon payoff. He's going to grab that bag that none of the other AEW people can grab and then he can start his WrestleMania debut the next day. Hmm. See now, unrelated, I want to see Triple H come up through the from the Cody Vader now. <laughs> like, right, I don't and know I think everyone was saying like, "Oh, it'll be Triple H versus Cody." Triple H had a heart attack as a fifty-something-year-old <laughs> man. He's never wrestling again. But then again, that may lead us into the other conversation of someone we were told is never going to wrestle again. Who's going to be returning at WrestleMania this year? <laughs> But before we go on to that, I just want to say, it, you're right. We can't have Triple H wrestle a match. We need somebody in much better cardiovascular shape. So Shane McMahon. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to touch upon this, and I'm sure that's the other thing, is, like, I haven't been following Twitter. I don't know if you realize this. I pop in. I pop out. I respond to my mentions. But I, I didn't know about the Cody stuff until I listened to Pod Van Dam this week. Are you for real? I'm not I'm not fucking joking at all. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about the Austin stuff. So like, I I learn about stuff now from other podcasts. It's great. You know, not being on Twitter is pretty sweet. Um, I think I I saw something about him trending and whatnot, Cody trending, but I didn't know the full story. But I caught up today. I, I'm a broadcast journalist. I read about it today. Um, but yeah, the other thing is is your boy Austin, like the 58-year-old Austin going in there, possibly wrestling against Kevin Owens. And also I was like, I did fast forward through Raw this week, and I'm like, oh man, KO is really leaning heavy into Texans. He doesn't like Texans. He must be wrestling Shawn Michaels soon. Oh. But uh, they're going, going much older, I guess. Um, but I don't care. You know, we're... 20 years removed from Austin retiring. We're 10 years removed from me caring. Um, good for Kevin Owens. You know, like that's a pretty good spot to be in. If you're not wrestling for the title, I mean, being in the same match as Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, is a is a pretty good spot to be in. I'm sure it's just going to be a, a brawl with the Luthez press and a stunner and uh, dueling stunners probably. But yeah, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not like, oh, shit, we got to watch this mania because of it. So um, a lot changes in like three days there, Adam. Uh-oh. Because the match initially was rumored to be Austin against Kevin Owens. 
Uh-oh. Nothing set in stone. Things change, pal. The new rumor is Stone Cold at WrestleMania against Goldberg. Ugh. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So uh, I'm glad I could take the wind out of your sails and deflate that giant balloon that you had of happiness for Kevin Owens. And oh. listen, uh, you know, Austin is one of the most iconic performers in the history of professional wrestling. Um, he hasn't wrestled in 20 years. He's he, like the last like four years of his career. He was like a man in shambles held together by like duct tape and glue and pills, allegedly <laughs> um, on one of those three things. And now he's coming back. And that's the thing. Like the people going to WrestleMania aren't going to care if that was a two star, three star, four star, five star match. They're going to want to hear his music. They're going to want to see him do his corner taunts and they're going to want to see him give someone a stunner and then them play his music again. Yeah. I think you would get that out of a Kevin Owens match. I don't know if you would get that out of a Goldberg match. Oh, like this just went from being like, oh, I'm going to check it out because it's a cool WrestleMania moment to I'm going to check it out because one of these two people is going to die in the match. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's like, what, what was it? Undertaker versus Goldberg in, in the Saudi blood show where they, they both almost killed each other because they were winded so bad. Yes. Yeah, this it might be what we're going to get in this one. Uh, one could only hope. Oh. <sighs> okay. Do you have I anything have one else? Other thing. Yeah, I do have one other thing I just want to touch on really quick. Uh, do you have anything else? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, because we don't have to go into great depth on it, I try not to talk about the same thing from week to week to week, but it's sure. not my fault that these people just keep making headlines in the world of wrestling. I just want to take a moment to, to recognize, to acknowledge uh, that Broski is the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So I uh, just want to make sure that that's set into, the, set into a microphone so it's official. I'm not what I'm not sure what's more disgusting that he agreed to the trip to Disney Paris with Chelsea so that he could take pictures at <laughs> Disney Paris with the belt or that he probably spent just as much time tweeting while on vacation in Paris with his lovely bride as he does on any normal day of his life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I will say I know firsthand that Chelsea is responding to emails while she's in Paris as well, so maybe more on that later. Mm. <laughs> So uh, I'm sure Adam, again, someone who doesn't pay attention to social media or wrestling, who does a wrestling show, uh, <laughs> saw that it was announced today that the Control Your Narrative group uh, has signed a TV deal. Oh, well, you know what? That's a long time coming. Good for them. Right. They haven't <laughs> said who the TV deal is with, right? Fox uh, but, News or one of right. those channels. OAN. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be airing on Rumble or whatever it is. Yeah. So they have a uh, a deal on their website, right? Now, it's a lot of – and Adam, I'm going to show you because we're doing the screen share so we can hear everything. Do you see all this gobbledygook? I see like a, a hoodie and it's – But do you uh, see like all that's on the right-hand side? Yeah, it, it looks like a way too much information for what should be a, a, an ad for a hoodie and a shirt, yes. Okay, well, that's the thing, Adam. It's not just an ad for a hoodie and a shirt, okay? okay. I'm going to read the first – I see it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it says, this is projects required, and this is project initiation. Uh, this is the first line of this description. A project is the proverbial aspiring sports entertainment performer seeking 
opportunity Whoa. to live okay. their dream. <laughs> There's a lot of quotes on these things, too. Right. This is like me making the joke when I say stuff and I'm like, quote, 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 quote. But this is in their actual whatever, right? Yeah. So the long story short of this is you pay $100. You get to be an extra at one of their upcoming TV tapings. And you get the T-shirt and the sweatshirt. These are the things that stood out to me in this description, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Eligible only to train sports entertainers. If you are not, your money will not be refunded and control your narrative has rights to refuse anyone and everyone. So this is them saying, if you try to sign up as a not trained person, haha, we're keeping your money to teach you a lesson. But if you are a trained person, we could just decide to keep your money either way. Yeah, like EC3 gets to decide what the standard of trained is. And then directly under that, if you feel this is a grift, you have not been in the professional wrestling industry long enough. <laughs> because you should know it's a grift. Right. So <laughs> I had said months and months ago that all of this feels less about whatever fake message that they're trying to push. And it's more about EC3 trying to push his supplements and his seminars and all this other shit. This is straightforward, straight up. This is what this is. And I was tweeting about it before. And my friend Mike actually came off. And I have to give him credit. He said, this dumbass opportunity, there's that word, is easy to decline. So I appreciate the upfront villainy. <laughs> See, before that line about them being able to refuse, you know, non-trained people, I was thinking we go in and get this for like Ed Cody for like his birthday or something. Oh, this money could be okay. better spent on three Brian Alvarez cameos. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, we'll keep looking, but uh, yeah, hey, looking forward to that TV deal. You know, I'm going to set the DVR, <laughs> might have some show homework coming up. <laughs> so I may have tiptoed around this in the past couple of weeks, right? Uh-huh. And I did have my stooges there. But if you paid money for the Sugar Dunkerton seminar that was this past weekend at that New Wave Pro show, I know who you are. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> if... You pay the $99 to attend this seminar, to pay to be an extra at whatever this right-wing anti-vax promotion is going to be. I am revoking your privileges from listening to this show. (laughs) You get blocked. (laughs) Nice. (sighs) All right. Well, I look forward to you ruling with an iron fist and banning some people. That's right. Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kofi Kingston doing his thing. Ruby Soho. <laughs> Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? Ah, oh, that still pops me. I don't know why. You know what, DeWiki? For... I take back half of the bad things I said about you this week. That's still still a good jingle. <laughs> right. When we were going back and forth with the show notes, Adam's like, oh, we have to do, does Joe know the card for Elimination Chamber? And if you know the bit, not a bit, that whenever there's a show that happens in Saudi Arabia, we say, fuck that show, I don't care. But I think Adam wanted to bring that up just so we could play that jingle on the show. 
I did, but uh, uh, I kind of want to play the game, Joe. I like the game. It's uh, Elimination Chamber is kind of a real pay-per-view. Like, it's in a shitty location, but it's not like it's the greatest Elimination Chamber. <laughs> so I will just say, Joe, Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling information and news, says that there are eight matches. Four. None of them are on the pre-show. And I see, I wanted to say that as well. Uh, so, yes, fuck it. We're going to do this real quick, Joe. Do you know the card? Absolutely not. So, uh, <laughs> I know Lita versus Becky Lynch. Yes. Uh, I know Goldberg versus Roman. Uh, somewhere. Brock versus Roman. Brock versus Roman. Yeah. No. Roman versus Goldberg. Oh, Roman versus Goldberg. That's what it is. All right. Yeah, I was very confused. Uh, and then the two Elimination Chamber matches. I couldn't tell you who was in either one of the matches. I just know that Alexa Bliss and the ladies won. Yay! <laughs> She's healed. She's healthy now. She's cured. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I will say we don't have to go through over the rest of it, but um, I will check out Roman versus Goldberg just out of like car crash mentality. I want to see what happens. Maybe the same reason I'll check out Becky versus Lita, and I do want to see. Uh, Alexa return, but uh, the rest of it's a hard skip for me. Yeah, what are the other matches while you're looking at them? Tell me. All right, so we have the men's elimination chamber is Bobby Lashley defending against Brock versus Seth versus Austin Theory versus Riddle versus AJ Styles. So you assume Brock is winning the belt? Probably. If if your plan is to have Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, then yeah, that's you know, clearly right. the way that's going to go. And since you're telling me that this is the last pay-per-view before Mania, I believe you. I didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, unless they're going to rocket ship uh, Austin Theory, this is the time. But no, it's uh, Brock's winning that. Um, in the women's elimination chamber, uh, you have an opportunity for the women's uh, title at WrestleMania. We have Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop versus Nikki A.S.H. versus Alexa Bliss. Um, I don't know who is the women's champion. I guess that's uh, Becky. Oh, it's Becky Lynch. Yeah. Um, are they going to keep doing Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch? Are they going to do Rhea Ripley again? Bianca Belair? Are they going to do some kind of weird thing where like multiple people come out of this with like the win? Uh, I'd love to see Alexa win, but she's not. You know, like it doesn't make sense to have Bliss versus Lynch. Uh, Nikki Ash is a, is a jobber at this point, so we can eliminate her. Um, I don't know. I don't have a favorite in that match. I Well, the only two that make any sort of sense would be Alexa it's her return. It's her return, but I don't see Alexa versus Becky being enough of a marquee match for WrestleMania. But really, what is? Um, it should be Bianca versus Becky, and you know they've kind of fucked Bianca's push since SummerSlam. Um, that being said, this could be a way to have them write it to have Bianca win the Elimination Chamber, have her take on Becky at WrestleMania, and have it be two years in a row where she wins the women's title at WrestleMania. But the other four, not non-factors. Yeah. Um, we have the Usos versus the Viking Raiders. I'm sure it'll be a fun match, but sure. I'll skip it. Uh, we have, I shit you not, this is a match on a pay-per-view. Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss in a false Count Anywhere match. Cool. <laughs> Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sony Deville. Wow, they're getting a tag match out of Ronda before WrestleMania. Yeah. Holy shit, that's going to be terrible. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I Ronda just want to see versus, Ronda versus Charlotte could possibly possibly be the worst WrestleMania match of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it has the makings of these two have zero chemistry together. Ronda is horrible in the ring. Charlotte is overrated. All of their segments together have just been dog shit. Oh my God. It's going to be but, amazing. Like Charlotte, we've said before, seems to be regressing in the ring at times. And Ugh. like Charlotte goes, I don't want to say goes into business for herself on the mic, but like kind of gets a little shooty on the mic sometimes and gets a little, you know, again, I don't want to sound like say bitchy, but like <laughs> argumentative, you know, and I feel like Ronda Rousey doesn't like when she's not being cheered if she's told she's a baby face. So right. uh, like there's just the makings of a disaster. Plus I kind of want to see Sony Deville just kind of get like some stiff shots in on Ronda Rousey, but I'm not going to watch the match. So I'll never know. Uh, and lastly, the only other thing I'm seeing here is Ray Mysterio versus the Miz. Oh, I'm, yeah. Ray Mysterio versus the Miz. I almost said Dom Mysterio. Holy uh, cow. Yeah. Singles match. <laughs> if I was the Saudi prince, I'd be asking for a refund on this show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So there is a pay-per-view and uh, well, maybe I'm sure it'll just be lots of things for our likes next week if we do likes and dislikes. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, I assigned some homework. You did. Homework. Homework. It's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Home, home, homework. Homework, it's an obligation you owe your family and yourself. Right, so you'd uh, assigned the AIW event from this past Friday. Uh, you know what? I'm not leaving was the name of the show. Yep. So, um... I always feel weird about talking about current day indie stuff because <laughs> yeah. sometimes I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be too critical, right? And I have to remember that this is the indies. Um, I have a lot of friends that are on these shows and I have a lot of friends that are involved with these shows. Sure. So well, I have to lead the charge on this, right? You do. I mean, I, obviously I, I think it's fair to say amongst all of the homeworks that we assign, the AIW shows are probably the most universally watched you know, it's not like uh, these people would not have watched it if we had not assigned it. So uh, I think it's fair to just kind of, you don't have to do like a match per match, blow for blow, but just kind of some overarching thoughts on the show. You know, what you liked, what you think, maybe, you know, you didn't like, maybe like somebody on commentary or whatever, you know, but uh, that kind of stuff. Right. So you could go, if you didn't watch the show, you can go check out our friend Kevin's write-ups over at MassLibrary.com. He always does these write-ups the Thursday before we record, so you can follow along if you didn't get a chance to watch. But we do implore you to watch, uh, you know, Jerry.tv, a.k.a. or Jerry's Wrestling Internet Emporium, a.k.a. IndependentWrestling.tv. Go sign up. There's a ton of shows this weekend. Um, use the promo code at odds. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, don't get anything free. It just lets Jerry know you came to him from us, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so opening match is Ethan Wright and Casey Carrington the third, accompanied by Brian Carson taking on the Dom and Tom connection of 
filthy Tom Lawler and AEW security Dominic Greeny. <laughs> I actually just watched AEW earlier today and I saw the pull apart there and with like number 10 just wrecking people. And I'm like, oh man, Dom's getting, you know, that that's supposedly the FMW <laughs> like hardcore champion and like he's getting clowned by number 10. Uh, not my champion. <laughs> well, I know Dom listens, so. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of cool stuff in here from the Dom and Tom side. Uh, there was a really cool, like, double German where it looked like Casey Carrington got launched all the way across the ring. Kind of like that Keith Lee with Isaiah Cassidy thing from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, they go to the finish, and Casey's going to go help Ethan Wright, and Carson stops him. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere, but I know what I know, and it'll make sense later on. Yeah. Uh, like, it was cool to see two of, like, the legitimate badasses, like, linked up with, like, Dom and Tom Lawler. You know, yep. like, obviously, everybody that's wrestling, you know, and on any show is a badass compared to you and me. But, like, Dom and Tom are, like, a step above, you know, because they could legit kill a bunch of people. So it was cool to just to see them associated with each other in this match. And like you said, a lot of stories, you know, coming into this uh, with the, like, the Academy Killer stuff and a lot of stuff coming out of it. So there were the stories not done yet. You know, let it play out. Right. So next up, we have uh, Chase Oliver taking on the returning Riley Rose, who back in September broke his ankle. Um, I will say that if I broke my pinky toe <laughs> uh, in September and I was a wrestler, I would not be wrestling the way that Riley Rose was wrestling in this match. He was a goddamn maniac. Um, early on in the match, they go to the outside and Riley Rose does a no look acai moonsault off of the buckle to the floor. Where, like, he did not turn around to look to see if Chase was ready for him. He's just like, fuck it, I'm going for it. And it was maybe the scariest thing I've seen in wrestling. <laughs> it was like a leap of faith. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, Chase got him. Everything worked out really well. But that was a huge risk to take. He's nuts. Yeah. No, fun match. Uh, I think, I think that I – Oh, sorry. One of the guys did, like, a really cool DVD into a brain buster under the bottom buckle. That was a really cool move. Um, I thought this was a hot match. This should have been the opener. And I get why it wasn't because Tom had a flight to catch to get back home. Yeah. I think coming into this, what I was about to say is that I might have not cared as much for this match as I should have. Like just on paper, I was like, okay, whatever, get on to the matches that I that I'm looking forward to. But this match over delivered, you know, for somebody that wasn't expecting, or just because I don't know the guys. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like I they're not the marquee names for a new AIW fan, but I'm like, holy shit, that was that was a sick match, you know? So they right. won me over. Uh so next up we have the tag match of bulking season, Chuck Stone and uh Adam the man van. <laughs> <laughs> taking on the production of Derek Director uh, and Ziggy Heim. Now, it's at this point we haven't addressed the elephant in the room. But yeah. if you see the episode title, you know um, Hornswoggle was two things. He was on commentary and he was shit-faced drunk. <laughs> now, I don't know if it was active that he was trying to ruin every match that he was doing commentary on. But I have to give credit to Thorne, who looked at social media at intermission and is like, fuck this. You're not doing commentary anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I, listen, I'm all about letting personal issues with people 
affect your commentary, but I'm also about being a professional and not allowing that to happen. And I could see inebriation getting in the way of that. Yeah. I'm usually the the most forgiving of commentary because it's obviously uh, you and I are, are worlds apart in the commentary experience. So when you're burying somebody's commentary, I'm usually thinking to myself or, you know, saying, I didn't think it was that bad, but like, I don't like, I don't like bearing commentary commentators because I don't think it's a very easy thing to do. But that being said, Swaggle was actively bad because he was annihilated. And uh, like I said, I don't usually comment on commentary, but yeah, like if that was your role for Swaggle, uh, maybe just save him for the meet and greet next time. Right. So uh, this match is okay. Um, you know, Ziggy and Derek are much more established and much more overact than bulking season are, just the way that things are. Um, they, the production, went to do like this wheelbarrow lung blower suplex thing that it looked like they lost Chuck on. So it kind of looked a little fucked up. Uh, the finish looked fucked up. It looked like everyone was shocked that the finish happened. And then Danhausen came out to more confusion. <laughs> um, I don't know. I wish people were paying attention more during this match. Uh, but I will say positive things. Chuck Stone might be the best hot tag on the Indies. <laughs> when he got and... that hot tag, it was amazing. Like I was like leaping out of my seat for like <laughs> what he was doing off of his hot tag. It's still real to you. I get it. Um, I just want to go ahead and just accept responsibility for maybe some of the finish of that match. Now, I, I do agree with you. A lot of people uh, and myself will say that it seemed like something was off, like there might have been a timing issue. Uh, I may or may not have missed my cue. Uh, I had been under the ring for pretty much the whole night, and I might have been trying to buy something on whatnot, and think time kind of got away with me, and... I wasn't there for the switch and I apologize. So any heat on that finish uh, solely falls on me. I apologize. And I will say that I called it months ago, 2022, in addition to being the year of financial responsibility is the year of bulking season. And uh, nobody thought the bulking season was going to beat the production. Right. Except for me, except for Chuck, except for Artie. And uh, this is the start of big things to come. And I'll say this, and I feel bad on saying this on the microphone because I know he listens. And I like Artie a lot. Uh, he seems like a very nice guy. And I know everyone likes to fuck with him about the Joker stuff and <laughs> all that other things, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Artie needs to sit down and talk with Thorne or talk with Dom or someone in a serious manner. And I know Thorne fucks with Artie online as well. Um, but he needs to sit down and needs to talk with them. And there needs to be clear definition to what he is in the ring in AIW. Um, I like the strongest man in the land, old timey stuff and all that jazz. I like that. Um, but I don't think Thorne does. And mm -hmm. I think Thorne wants Artie to be something Artie's not. And Artie's trying to fit into that hole. And then I think like everyone messing with him about it isn't helping because he's still young in the business. Um, but I just think he's trying like three different things to appease three different masters, including himself, and none of it's connecting. I think he's got something. He just needs to focus and direct himself that way. Okay. And again, I'm, I'm nobody, uh, but I'm 
I'm someone who's been in wrestling since 2005. I'm someone who's been a fan of wrestling since 1985. I'd like to know a thing or two. I'm not charging you for this. <laughs> so, okay, so send all the money for the seminars to me and I'll make sure Joe gets it. Right. There you go. You know, we could have the conversations maybe next week when I'm feeling better about yeah. having, having uh, non-owners car insurance and how to properly wash your gear. <laughs> all right. Moving so, on. Moving on. Jocelyn Navarro versus Lufisto. Uh, sadly, this match was not very good. Um, I think Jocelyn may have had new gear and it seems as though she was having issues with that new gear and rightfully so she was more concerned about a wardrobe malfunction than the quality of the match. And this is the second match in a row where there appears to be a fuck finish. There's like a go behind where Lufista goes and kicks and she gets the ref Porter O'Shea in the nuts. And I think that's supposed to be the finish. But he knows sells it. Hmm. And he's like, what's going on? She turns around and is like, what's going on? There's your roll up. One, two, three. Jocelyn gets out of there. And then after the match, Lufisto kicks him in the nuts and he sells it. So I definitely think there was some miscommunication there as well. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I kind of zoned out on this match. You know, like, so I, nothing really jumped out for me on that. And I feel bad the official wrestler wrestler cheers Jocelyn Navarro that I didn't give it you know proper uh respect but uh I I do remember what you're referring to and yeah it was it was all right listen I'm not going to use trivia night as an excuse to come out here and be critical about an AIW show you know what I mean (laughs) yeah um so next up we have TME the main event against PME the Philly Marino experience who are the tag team champions who have turned evil uh, since aligning with that dastardly broski. <laughs> um, this match was worked much more evenly than I thought, and I think that benefited uh, Philly, Philly and Marino on paper. You see these four men, and you're like, oh, this is squash. Yeah. But these guys are really good. But, you know, the main event passed that eye test, and I'm not saying that they're not good in the ring because they are, but a lot of times the eye test is the first thing that makes you judge it. I thought this was a first good match between these two. I don't think this is the last match that we're going to see between these two teams. And I don't think we're, unless they get signed, which is a very good chance of happening. I I wouldn't be surprised if the main event are the tag team champions before the year is out. Yeah. And uh, obviously there's speculation that like maybe rip city is going to be, you know, forming a tag team and going after the belts as well. Try to get all the broski people out of the company. Um, but I agree. The main event looked like a million bucks. Uh, Philly Marino experience. I wish, like, if they're going to be Broski number one and Broski number two, I really wish they had more of a uh, an appearance to look like. You know, like I get you can't be the Edgeheads. You can't look identical to Cardona. But uh, I don't know. Maybe do an effort to like try to look less like your old gimmick and more like you're part of the major pod. Like I get you're wearing the, the broski shirt t-shirts and that's about it. But I don't know something about this gimmick isn't hitting for me and I should be a slam dunk. If that makes sense. Like I am, I am the target audience where like the worst broski angle is five and a half stars. So the fact that the Philly Marino experience as you know, broski heads isn't, popping me something's missing i can't quite put my finger on it you know uh, so i'll say this I, I think a lot of it is because there's such a defined line between the major pod family people 
which is the overarching gimmick in like GCW and other places where that's not what it is here. It is yeah. getting to be a little bit, which we'll get to by the end of the show. But obviously, this is a way to give the major wrestling family a bit of an AIW flavor. So it's just not the same thing that Broski and his crew do his heels in every promotion. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of like the analogy of like if the major pod guys are like the I'm thinking of like the invasion angle where you have like WCW invading WWE and then the Philly Marino are just guys that defected from WWE and are now in the Alliance. Like, right. I, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're not, they're just kind of thrown into the storyline. And uh, I agree there. It's not like a VSK or, or smart Mark where it's like, there's a natural, like yeah. or Heath Miller where there's just a natural, Oh, this, this guy belongs with that crew. Um, it's just, Hey, we're going to elevate these guys, which is great. But I, I haven't been sold on it yet, you know? Right, and I think it works for the AIW crowd, but it doesn't work for you, who's less of it, who's an AIW guy, but if you're ranking things in order, you're a broski boy than an AIW person. <laughs> yeah, but it's close. It's close. Uh-huh. <laughs> so next up, we have a segment where Eddie Only returns, who used to be a member of the production. Now he has a nice haircut and a nice suit, but then a drunk swoggle and a possibly equally as drunk uh, Sex Ferguson come out. Um, this segment was what it was. Eddie Only's a real nice guy. I'm glad uh, he's back in AIW. I hope he is back in AIW. And I'm just glad poor Sex Ferguson didn't have to pick a bump. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, Eddie Only. Uh, so this meant nothing to me. I That segment, again, actively bad. Uh Poor Swoggle having to be out there as drunk as he is. And uh, I I don't know, man. Like, that's all stuff that, again, did nothing for me. I can't see who the target audience for that was. But uh, Thorne very much advertised that some of these meet and greet guys would not be on the show. You know, he's yeah. like, oh, you know, like, you don't expect to see Sex Ferguson on TV. Don't expect to see Swoggle on TV. Uh, you know, maybe don't expect to see Danhausen on TV. And I get a lot of that is so that you can then surprise people. Yes. But uh, maybe we should have held off on some of them. <laughs> you know, like I would have loved to have been at the after party with Sex Ferguson. But uh, on, on TV, on my on my pay-per-view. Uh, no, no, thanks. So next up, we have the Bitcoin boys with the Duke against Cheech and Colin. Uh, this match was really good. Um, Bitcoin boys win. Uh, I like all of five of these guys, many of yep. them personally. I know them and have known them for a very long time. And I want to say mileage. Mileage is a big thing with these next couple matches. I will say you will get as much mileage out of one interference spot as you do out of six interference spots. And I get the Duke is supposed to be the X factor that helps the Bitcoin boys win. I just felt as though he was interfering too much and too liberally in this contest that it kind of took away from the actual finish that led to, you know, his interference that led to the finish. Does that make any yeah. sense? Absolutely. Yeah. You didn't. Right. Um, I, I am of the same mind that I, I enjoy all of these people. So, like, even if there was something that was less than ideal. I, I think I give it a pass because I'm not impartial, you know? So uh, I enjoyed the match. I have no criticism of it, but I get what you're saying. There's maybe too much fuckery. Um, but you know what? When you have the boot, you get to do what you want. I guess. Yeah. 
All right. So next up, we have Brian Myers taking on Stiffy McGee himself, Josh <laughs> Bishop. Um, I'll just say Josh won, which was no surprise. This is the match that I was most looking forward to on the card. And I'll save my remarks for this after the next match. So anything you want to say, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I think it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that either Bishop was going to win or there would be some kind of fuckery from Broski. And, you know, you got Bishop winning. Um, maybe, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, I would have liked for it to go like... I'm trying to think like I feel like Myers maybe got shortchanged on this, but, uh, you know, where it was not as long of a match. I just remember coming out of it just kind of feeling underwhelmed by something, but I can't put my finger on it. I did like the match. I like the fact that, you know, Bishop won because he needs to if you're going to elevate him uh, back up to face Broski. But uh, something I couldn't quite put my finger on. I didn't quite like, though. Sure. Uh, so next up, we have a four way with Kaplan versus Matt Justice versus Isaiah Bronner versus PB Smooth. This was just a wild, crazy match. Um, I felt as though going into it that PB Smooth was kind of out of his element with these other three. And I kind of sort of it kind of sort of came that way across in the match. Tons of crazy shots in this match. Huge stiff shots, huge stiff clotheslines. That crazy dive off the top of the uh balcony or whatever by Matt Justice. Uh, Kaplan <laughs> yeah. wins by pinning Isaiah Bronner, which apparently was a mistake. Isaiah wasn't supposed to take the pin. Um, okay. But these things happen. Um, and then Matt Justice cut a weird promo after the match. Yeah, like that was kind of like, I don't know, man. Like I, I felt like he was like saying, fuck you to all the people that weren't AIW guys that were on this show. Like, again, I could be just making this up in my head being defensive, but uh, it was kind of like if you're Broski, if you're Myers, if you're Swoggle, if you're, you know, or maybe not Swoggle, but, you know, he's an AIW guy. But like all of you people, you don't deserve to be here. You're taking away spots from AIW people. Uh, and I get he may not have said any of that, but that's the vibe that I felt like it was it was like, you know, fuck you if you're not an original AIW guy. Right. Interesting take. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll say this. This match was crazy. These four guys killed each other and the crowd went wild for it. Go back and watch this match and go back and watch Josh against Brian. Brian and Josh had the crowd reacting just as big for a headlock spot as these guys did for killing each other. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between being crazy. And again, that's fine. But also, Brian is someone who knows how to work. Josh is a super over character. Brian knows I don't need to do all this crazy stuff to get this reaction. And what Brian did got a huge reaction out of that crowd because they wanted to see Josh not put Brian through a table, not get him all bloodied up, not waffle him with a chair. They just want to see him win. Yeah. And again, I think that's one of the things that a lot of these guys can learn from someone like Brian and even further still someone like Broski on how to structure a match like that to help prolong your career. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something to be said as much as I love shitting on WWE, there's something to be said about some of the WWE style. Like 
look at the Miz. You know, the Miz is going to wrestle for if he wants to for another 10, 15 years. And right. He can do that style forever and he can get heat and, you know, whatever. And Broski and Myers to differing degrees, you know, uh, know that style and they know how to uh, work a crowd and get heat and get a reaction without having to do crazy, crazy shit, you know? Yep. Whereas the main event here, Broski taking on Wes Barkley for the absolute intense titles. Uh, I thought this match was great. This was Wes's best singles match he's ever had in his life. He hung with Broski. He looked like an equal in that match. And that's because of both guys. Uh, Broski could have and, you know, could have went in there and just ate Wes up. But he gave Wes a ton. Uh, made Wes look like a million bucks. There was th- like two or three different times where I thought Wes was going to win. Um, there was one fuck up where they did like the reversal and the up and over with the radio silence. And I think there was a little miscommunication, but they were able to salvage it, even though they did this spot again. But they did like three other spots and then went back to it. So again, yeah. never repeat, re- never repeat the spot. But if you're going to repeat the spot, put a bunch of spots in between it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so someone comes out wearing a Danhausen mask and Tom Dunn's hoodie and <laughs> they give. Wes a low blow and it turns out that it's poor Chelsea that helps Broski win the match and then afterwards Brian Chelsea and Broski cut Wes's beautiful hair <laughs> uh, and obviously at one point we have uh, PME is starting to run out uh, to interfere on behalf of Broski they were chased off by bulking season in what was quite possibly the most confusing moment of my Twitter life because I didn't know which bit to support. Right. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be embracing this, uh, Adam is already, already is Adam thing, or if I'm supposed to be supporting the, uh, broski or else mentality. Uh, I was very confused. Uh, it was going, my bits were just collapsing on each other, but, uh, uh, so that was cool. Yeah, I agree with you. This is a really fun match. Uh, Wes looked awesome, you know, like you said, Matt, uh, you know, kind of made him look like a superstar, you know, with him. Uh, and the match ended how it was supposed to end. Like, if you're going to have Broski lose the AIW belts, which I don't think he ever should, like, I think he should have them forever and ever. But obviously, it's going to be to Josh Bishop. I'd hate for like a shocking drop of those belts to somebody on the way to that match right like, that doesn't help anybody uh and like yeah there would be a great pop from the aiw faithful if barkley had won that belt but again if you're john thorne i think you need to be like focusing on people like me that are, are coming from the outside that you don't quite have your hooks in yet and like long-term storytelling, that's how to do it. You know, get me invested in, you know, Bishop's rise back to the top uh, instead of just satisfying the people that are in the Odeon and putting the belt on uh, Wes Barkley just to make them happy, you know? Right. John's been doing this for a long time. John's been promoting shows since 2005. Yeah. Uh, John's no dummy. I'll just yeah. say that. Absolutely. Uh, like uh, Whatever the, the big payoff is down the road when you have – you know, Josh Bishop overcoming all the odds and, you know, defeating everybody in the major pod family and overcoming the two on ones and the five on ones and eventually getting back one or both of the belts. That's where the money is. Right. Yeah. And they did set up for one of the March shows, not the Wrestle Rager show, but the one at uh, Tadmore Shrine in Akron, which is Josh's hometown. Yeah. Where it's the tag match of Josh and Wes against Hawkins and Broski. I'm a sh- I'm sure. Josh is going to get the visual pin on Broski in that match. 
and that'll set up the rematch somewhere down the road. Um, you know, obviously Broski is a busy man with his digital media title and his NWA <laughs> title. And sometimes it's tough to get dates on the champs, brother. Um, <laughs> that could be the only thing that I could see them do it a quickie title switch because there was a couple shows last year where John had Broski ready to go. And then like a month beforehand, like he had Broski ready to go for the rest of the year. Right. Yeah. From like June to the end of the year. And then like, a month before, like, October or November, he had to pull Broski because an impact taping came up. And that takes precedence over whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see if more and more of that starts happening, John's going to have no choice but to be like, all right, we can't have our champion not be here. We got to figure something out. Yeah, I mean, yes, I see that. But if you're only running one, maybe two shows a month. Right. What does it hurt to have your champ not be on for a month? Sure. or yeah. But I think what the issue comes is it once it gets like two or three or four months, then we need to have a conversation. Sure. I get you. That makes sense. All right. But overall, uh, I thought it was a it was a fun night. And again, I'm biased because a lot of the people that I like were, were showcased prominently on the show. Um, right. You know, uh, there were some people like some extracurricular stuff like well, Swoggle and Gallows that I could have done without – um, but overall I, I enjoyed the show. And again, I apologize for me fucking up the finish of the, uh, the bulking season match. Right. I know Adam will get into it in plugs, but if you want an alternate take on the show, go listen to wrestling cheers this week. Yeah. yeah. Unless I kick them out of the plugs. I haven't decided. Oh yet. my goodness. <laughs> All right. So, so what do you have for my me? homework? Yes. Since there isn't a pay-per-view this weekend. There is not an official one. No. All right. So, uh, the homework is. Monday Night Raw, Season 5, Episode 8, if you're going by cock numbering. <laughs> if you're cock numbering, do you start from the shaft? Right. Well, actually, um, and it's, a joke, it's a joke from someone else. Uh, you start just past the anus and about two inches past the tip. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Um, so, again, I'm doing this for the people that have the Peacock Network. Season five, episode eight, and that'll be help. That'll be easier for you to find it. But I picked this episode for a reason, because it's a 1997 RAW, oh. and all of the 1997 RAWs and Nitros line up with our tapings. And this is next week's RAW, 25 years ago. Okay. And I don't want to give anything away, but there's a reason I'm picking this. Mm. I could just take homework every week to be the raw nitro of what it was <laughs> and talk about it and combine homework in this day in wrestling history. Okay. Well, you know what? I have a vague idea, not of what is special about this episode, but obviously I know what was going on around this time of WWE. Yep. So I will go into a cold from there. You know what I'm saying? So like, I know the characters, but I don't know what's going to happen. And, I and I'll say this. Up. If you don't have the cock, or maybe you want to watch a grainy VHS rip with all the original music. <laughs> Give me a holler. Because I'm your hookup. <laughs> Big Papa Sposa is your hookup. That's right. You all want right. original airings of stuff that's been butchered by the cock? I can help you out. <laughs> I hate it when the cock butchers stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, that guy's not allowed at shows anymore. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for voicemail? I've never been more ready. I know I am. 
Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. Uh, this is not that Tom Green. Um, I'm calling six days before you guys record the next show, and I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I am recording well in the past this call um, by listing a random wrestlers off the top of my head in hopes that one of them is jinxed and gets canceled. In, in the next six days. Um, and because that's how this works, obviously. Are you ready? Um, Scott Norton, um, Mark Marrow, uh, Juventud Guerrera. I don't know why I did the accent there. Um, either member of Demolition. Um, let's see. Anthony Agogo. I, I don't think he's been fully canceled. Um, Elias. Uh, if they find high voltage, maybe one of them can get canceled in the next in the next six days. Um, uh, Rorschach, I don't know if he's around. Uh, he, you might know him. He might be Matt Turner the, under the mask for all I know. Uh, Matt Turner, maybe Matt Turner can get canceled. Um, or or that rat bastard Shane Hagedorn. Let's let's Ooh. get one of these guys canceled in the next six days. What? <laughs> With my my jinxing going on here. Also, if so help me God, if you guys bring back likes and dislikes, I will I will get violent. I will I will go to your house and treat you <laughs> GPS packages. All right, bye. See, smart man. You know what? This this Tom's he's all right. You know, I've had I've had my beef with him in the past, but I think now that he's firmly on the side of eliminating. Uh, likes and dislikes. You know what? I'm not even going to put up the poll tomorrow. It's settled. It's settled. (laughs) So I don't think if you're over 50, I don't think you could be canceled because you're, you're, you know what I mean? You're just, no one cares. Right. Well, how old was, was Terry when, when his audio came out? Well, Terry's the exception. Okay. Uh, Bill Cosby. (laughs) He was in jail. Oh, he got canceled. <laughs> no, there's people that still support him. Oh, there's still there's people that still support everybody who's ever been canceled, Joe. That's true. Yeah, there's not a single person that's been 100% universally canceled. No, that's that's sad to say Matt Turner and or Shane Hagedorn. Those are good guys. <laughs> They're both family men, you know, just because they had an allegiance with uh, prime prick Phil, you know. <laughs> Um, and still do to this day, and he's a different fill today, but, you know, the memory remains. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Hagedorn, Hagedorn, obviously, the, the Scotty Pippen of Azrael figure collecting. Right. He's and, he's uh, cursed enough. <laughs> he likes Azrael on purpose. <laughs> he looks at that design 30 years on and says, that's for me. If that's not a punishment, I don't know what is. It's honestly, it's the pinnacle of comic book design, like, once that design was done, they were like, you know what? Let's not even try to improve upon that. You know, what if Batman had Iron Man armor with knives on it? <laughs> oh my, that is the most perfect pitch. Anybody who has no idea what we're talking about, if you said that to them, they'd be like, I am sold. Ed Cody, tell me you don't want to read a comic book about Batman having Iron Man's armor with knives. <laughs> and then sometimes he kills people. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Anyways. Anyway, next call. Hello, at odds with wrestling. It is the strongest man in all the land. Arthur MacArthur reporting in. 
by the time this uh, call comes in on your show, I'll probably have wrestled for Wrestling Open, so I hope you guys check that out on IWTV Live while it's happening. Uh, who am I facing? You'll see. I think you'll enjoy it. But either way, just want to peer into the mind of you guys. So this past weekend was great. You know, had a great out-of-nowhere victory against the production. Um, and I face Dan Champion. And the great sport that he is, he probably won't admit it, but he gave me uh, a fine, uh, what's it called, one of those fancy, fancy little beers of IPAs after the match. And, you know, it was a good one. I, I was like, oh, you know, this, this Dan fellow, he's, he's pretty all right, you know. Uh, he's coming to Cleveland in a couple weeks, two, three weeks, for the Winchester for Wrestle Rave 2. And I'm just sitting here pondering, because obviously I have to return the favor. And I know uh, Mr. Joe Sposto has been to Cleveland a time or two. What's a good brew I should give to Dad? As a matter of fact, not just me, everyone else who's going to be at this show. What local Cleveland brew should we give Dad champion? Anyways, that's all we have for now. Hope you all have a blessed Thursday afternoon evening, I should say. I saw Artie called, and I didn't want to spoil it because I assumed he would bring it up. Yes. Uh, and again, Wrestle Open. It's the new Beyond shows. Um, Artie wrestled Rex Lawless, a.k.a. the Pictorial Poseidon. Um, I was hoping to line things up so maybe we could watch it before, after, or during the recording of this. Uh, but I'm not feeling well, so that didn't happen. Um, once we are done, though, I will be watching that. Uh, I'm very happy for Artie to kind of branch out and come out here to the uh, East Coast more often. Yeah, I mean, last week, obviously, or within the last week, he beat Dan Champion. He's wrestling Rex Lawless tonight. He's, like, going through this whole territory, just beating all the big guys from, like, LVAC in, in this area. Uh, I think that this means he's on a collision course with the boar. Hmm. I mean, it's honestly, if this, we're doing the Mortal Kombat thing and he's going up the, the, the tower, you know, like there's not many people up at the tippy top if you're going on the Haas division. That's right. Um, it's a, after Boar, you got Hydra and it don't get bigger than that after that. You yeah, know? I mean, at that point, like Arthur MacArthur's the champ. I mean, really. Um, and as far as anybody who is confused by myself and Artie being like one and the same, uh, here's your proof that we are not because he's getting along with Dan Champion. <laughs> so, um, but I don't know, there, Joe, which which Cleveland IPA, since you're the big drinker of the oh. show, <laughs> should uh, Artie uh, purchase for Big Dan? Well, I'll say this. The only beer that Dan is going to say no to is no beer. <laughs> um, I'm not a beer drinker myself. But you, Cleveland, Ohio type folks, what is the brewery that does that big Christmas ale every year that always sells out and people go nuts for? Uh, obviously, March isn't going to have a Christmas ale, but whatever brewery that is, whatever their currently like their specialty beer is for the month of March, that's what I say you should get for Dan. Yeah. And like you said, I'm pretty sure anything you put in front of him, he would appreciate and drink way too quickly to enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, congrats, Artie, on all the big wins and uh, looking forward to, to watching you wrestle Rex. I'm a little conflicted there because I like Rex, so I don't know what – I'm obviously going to have to root for my twin, but I won't be happy about it. Right. Next call. Hey, guys. Uh, Kevin here. So I don't feel like I'm uh, good enough friends and close enough 
to the guys at Pop Van Dam. I enjoy listening to the show, but I don't feel comfortable calling into their show. So I'm going to tell my worst dating story here for you guys. <laughs> um, or I, I'll talk about Cody Rhodes, although I'm sure uh, the two of you mentioned it somewhat. I'm very confused with what is going to happen because it's not just a Cody thing. This isn't just one wrestler leaving a company. Um, you have his two shows on TBS and TNT. So where does that fall into it? Is he going to be back on the show? Is there going to be a road to the top season two? Uh, the big, big show, great big show, whatever the hell that's called. Is he still going to be a judge on there? Do you those shows go to Peacock? Brand officer. But it's not just her behind-the-scenes job that they now have to fill. But let's look at the other people there. You have uh, Leva Bates, I believe, with her assistant. Where does she go from here? You have QT Marshall and the whole Nightmare Factory. Where do they go from here? Why would you have a training school led by someone who's no longer with your company? And they're clearly not going to go to WWE and I don't think WWE is going to bring in the whole Nightmare Factory thing with them as well. So are they all out of work? Do they have something to fall back on? What happens next for all of them? Uh, does AEW just cut them? And I kind of feel like Cody doing all of this uh, puts many people's jobs at risk, honestly, because so many people were tied to him. So why is Cody doing this? Honestly, and I brought it up with other people asking, why does everyone boo Cody? Which, why does everyone hate him? Cody is always on. Cody is always a wrestler. I don't think I know who the real Cody Runnels is, and I don't think I've ever seen the real Cody Runnels. He's always working it. He's always fake. And it comes across no matter what he does. Even if it's a good match, even if it's a good promo, he always comes across as fake. And I think the only reason he's possibly going WWE he wants that world title run. He just wants it once. He wants that belt. And then he'll ride away into the sunset. I also think he retires by the time he's 40. He's 36 right now. All right, those are my thoughts. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. He uh, said he was going to He said he was gonna tell his bad dating story, and he didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. He just you know kept going on and on about Cody. But uh, maybe next week. I want to take this rare opportunity uh to actually defend cody rhodes right. and take exception to to what kevin just said there if cody is in fact jumping ship which by all accounts it looks like he is i do not think it is his responsibility to look out for all these other people like leva bates and qt marshall and the nightmare factory people like uh you know at the end of the day go get yours you know like as much as of, of a AEW stand I've turned into and as much of a WWE hater I am uh if he is jumping ship that's his own business it's him and his wife's business and uh uh like I don't think he should have to worry about like oh no is QT gonna have an on-screen role or is he gonna be employed uh you know because that's kind of their their thing you know and I, I don't feel bad for them um, and, uh, before I turn it over to you, I will say that I think that, uh, roads to the top and the go big show, uh, should become part of the deal and they should be on like USA after raw. Now, I think that's, that's the agreement. <laughs> so, um, you know, I said before Cody is more of an actor than a wrestler. Kevin says that Cody comes off as fake six of one half a dozen, the other. Yeah. Um, as for all the people that he's leaving in a large, 
Um, Leva Bates was Brandy's assistant, but she was one of the people in recent weeks that is still working with AEW, but doesn't have an exclusive contract with them. Um, I'm sure she'll be fine. And the less I say about that, the better. Hmm. Um, the factory has been less known as the nightmare factory and more the factory. Uh, Dustin has his own separate school that he's been doing. I could see those two schools becoming more of a combined unit. And how much training in the last 12 to 18 months do you think Cody was physically doing at that building? Yeah. The only thing is that when we eventually get to the third showcase, we won't have Cody introducing him at the beginning. That's true. Yeah, maybe um, it'll be Dustin. <laughs> the word on the street is that World Wrestling Entertainment is interested in hiring Cody, but not Brandy. <gasps> um, but they're compensating Cody enough to make up for whatever her loss wages were. Oh, we could have had Spooky Brandy versus Spooky Alexa. Now you see, <laughs> you just sold me on them hiring Brandy. <laughs> Bring back the fiend and do Cody as like some sort of amalgam of the American Nightmare and Stardust against yeah. Bray Wyatt as the fiend against Spooky Witch Brandy <laughs> and whatever the fuck Alexa Bliss is these days. Yeah. Oh, because exactly. You have Cody like alternate like he's business suit Cody. And then like, you know, if he wants to bring out his dark passenger, that's the Stardust character. We got to get hired by creative, dude. (laughs) Got to do something. I don't know. Jump off a cliff, I think. I guess. All right. Pink button time. Pink button time. Hey, Joe and Adam. Ed. Um, how How are you guys? Uh, so I watched Dynamite this week and Lee was on it and he wrestled Brian Danielson that was crazy and then Dom was on it and that was awesome so who, who do you guys want on AEW next from AIW because I'm thinking Kaplan I'd love to see Kaplan on there I don't know who he'd wrestle maybe Luther I like that that's just me personally though um, yeah, quick call this week. I completely forgot. I have nothing prepared. I completely forgot that I, uh, that it's Thursday. I don't know what I'm doing. It's a long week, guys. Um, I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk to you as soon as I see you. That's such a giggle puss. <laughs> um, I love the idea of Luther adding more people to Chaos product that are spooky or spooky adjacent. <laughs> feuding with a group led by Kaplan who are like drunken misfits of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think um, Josh and Wes as a unit would be huge in, a- in AEW. Yeah. I mean, Josh Bishop, Wes Barkley, uh, the, 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 uh, God damn it. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Bill Alfonso's charge. Matt justice, Matt justice. Like, have a full invasion, you know, the main events. I know you've already had like a lot of these people have been like extras on dark and elevation and stuff like that. You know, they had Jocelyn Navarro in a match recently. I think there, there's some mileage for a full blown AIW invasion one week. Nah, <laughs> I think we're okay. No invasion. A bunch of the guys did darks. As you mentioned, a bunch of the guys did extra work recently. I know Matt justice and PB smooth and chase Oliver have done matches on dark and dark elevation. But uh, full deal, JB and Wes, um, you know, you do JB as a modern day Dr. D. David Schultz, 
You do West <laughs> as a modern day 1984, 1985 Roddy Piper, where he's a wrestling manager, and I think you got gold there. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 fine for it as long as uh, uh, Wes has to shave those pubes off of his head. How dare you! <laughs> beautiful hair, he has rock star hair. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, uh, you're doing uh, so. Hey, plugs soon to be named network.com. That's it. I'm done. All right, cool. Uh, at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. You're home for all of the, 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 the all that stuff. See, that's all I know. Uh, but I know those lines because I feel like that is handed out to all the podcasts and we're told to, to repeat those verbatim. Uh, but those podcasts that you should listen to uh, are Long Box Heroes. Long Box Heroes After Dark, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. Final Wrestling Place. We need wrestling. Porch Talk, and I will say there was an episode of Porch Talk this week, but we forgot to hit record, so I apologize. Um, hit My Music, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, and you know what, Joe? I threatened to do it. I'm doing it. I'm dropping another show from the plugs, and I am dropping Viewer's Choice. That's right. Oh. Viewer's Choice, you will go ahead and join the A Show and the House Show. With as podcasts that this show will never mention again. That's right. Viewer's choice. You are not getting mentioned. Just like I no longer mention the A show and the house show podcast. So uh, goodbye. I hope this ignites uh, Tim and Marcus to come back this weekend. Bigger and better than ever. All right. Well, we shall see. But uh, again, viewer's choice not getting mentioned anymore. All right. So now it's time for the segment Adam's been waiting for. Some might cost a lot, but I'm the $100 Vansky, and your figures will be bought. (laughs) So Uh. let me get. Let me get mine out of the way so I could just let Adam rant here for the next. Yeah, let you just sit back. Hour and a half. Right. <laughs> so I, I did the pre-order on the final uh, Avery Good professional wrestler shirt that he's doing, which is the style of the first Mr. Perfect shirt that World Wrestling Entertainment did back in the '90s. Um, it's not like a limited stock; it's a pre-order. Um, you'd be silly not to. It's a nice looking shirt. It doesn't even look like a real wrestling shirt. You could probably wear it in public and not be made fun of like most wrestling shirts. <laughs> yeah. I saw Avery uh, tweet that out. And within like a minute, I was already like sliding into his PayPal. So I, I as well purchased that shirt. Right. And uh, this past weekend as part of um, her Valentine adjacent gift, uh, we got my wife a new phone and Adam's more of the tech guy when it comes to this. Uh, what's the new Samsung that comes out this month? The S22. So she got the S22. Uh, her old phone, I think, was an S9. Hasn't been holding a charge for the last, like, month. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling her, you need to get a new phone. You need to get a new phone. We keep getting hit like we're getting credits. We're getting credits and everything else like this. Um, so long story short, to do the credits, we had to change our plan, which is no big deal. We've been sitting on, like, a weird old plan for a very long time. Mm. With Verizon, uh, we went to finally the unlimited plan. We did the phone, 
and she ended up getting this smartwatch Galaxy 4. Okay. And the whole... Go ahead. I was going to say, was the watch, like, given to you guys as part of the deal for the phone, or was it just, oh, I'm going to get this because it's cool? Okay, so everything included, all we had to do was pay tax on everything, which ended up being $84. Uh Uh-huh. Because the change in our plan didn't add anything onto our bill because we were already paying, like it actually made our bill lower. Whatever the amount for the watch onto the plan is negligible in regards to what the change in our plan is. So it ends up altogether new phone shipping this week, the new smartwatch, which she's having problems with, which I don't know how these fucking things work. Um, And the upgrade of the plan. So we don't have to worry about my kid going over on his fucking data, whatever. Well, like I said, it was just $84 out of pocket, and that was it. Huh. See, uh, obviously, I might uh, do this for a living. That's and, true. Uh, Allegedly. It doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. Because I know that at the importer-exporter business, we are selling the same exact phone. Right. Uh, and I know for a fact that we are selling it for less than Verizon is selling it for, which is why I was like, when I heard you talking about you know, buying a new phone for the wife. I was like, eh, should have talked to me first because I know you didn't buy it for me. Right. But it doesn't make any sense that it would be free or close to free if you're trading in an S9. So I'd be interested to hear the follow-up of this in a month or two when you get your next couple bills. Okay. So I, I hope that it works out. But yep. uh, Verizon stores do not have a good track record of, you know, actually delivering on all the promos that they promise. Gotcha. And we'll uh, talk I assume in like two months. Yeah, I assume it was the standard S22 and not like the Plus or the Ultra, right? Nope. All right, cool. All right, we will address that in the future. I hope for the best, but like uh, I'm just doing the math in my head and with the trade-in of like an S9 and even going up in a plan, like the numbers don't quite make sense, you know? Okay. So we shall say. All right. Anything else before I just take over the the next hour of the show? (laughs) All right. So I, I do want to talk right off the, the bat, uh, not necessarily purchase related, but did you see like all the reveals that happened uh, pretty much right after we recorded last week? Yes. You know, uh, there obviously there was a lot of Mattel reveals, uh, some ultimates and, you know, some basics and some elites and some target legends and stuff like that. Um, some stuff jumped out at me that I'm really excited for. Uh, there is a new Amazon exclusive HBK Ultimate Edition uh, that I want, like super, super importantly, because I do not have an HBK Ultimate. Maybe more on that in a second. Um, and the Target Miss Hancock, Stacy Keebler figure. I have not been this excited for a figure in a long time. Uh, I need a whole new detail uh, for the grease because I need multiples of this figure so I can have a fig fed where Alexa Bliss wrestles Tay Conti versus Stacey Keebler in a three-way dance. (laughs) Um, But I'm looking forward to that. Um, Were there any figures that were revealed that you wanted to grab or you're thinking about? Nope. Nope. All right. Fair enough. Um, I don't know if you heard on like the major pod this week or just elsewhere, I guess ultimate edition series four, which was the Brock Lesnar and the screw job HBK figure that came out like two years ago are being reissued or re-released. Did you hear anything about that? No. So I guess like these are super expensive figures. Um, like the HBK sells for like two fifty. 
the Lesnar, maybe around 200, because I've been clocking them for a while just because I, I obviously I have a lot of ultimates. I'm not going to go and drop two, three hundred dollars on an ultimate, but I've been tempted for the Shawn Michaels for a while because I'm like, OK, it's the greatest wrestler ever and it's my favorite wrestler. I kind of need this ultimate. But I guess the reason why they're so expensive is because they were produced much in much lesser quantities than all the other ultimates. Like I'll just make up numbers and say like, Oh, if they made a hundred thousand normal ultimates, they only made 50,000 of these for whatever reason, pandemic. I don't know. Um, so like Mattel decided, Hey, we're going to go ahead and churn out more of these just so that there is the same amount of these in existence as there is other ultimates, if that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. They're not going to mass produce them. They're just going to say, Hey, let's even the bar on this. Uh, which works out for me because I can then in theory get both of these, add them to my ultimate collection and uh, be very happy about that. Cause I, I wanted both of them. I really wanted the Sean. I had kind of thought about buying the Sean for, you know, a, a higher price and uh, you know, I'll be pumped to get it for like 30, 35 bucks. So that works out for me. Um, other than that, I did purchase a bunch of Funkos today. Uh, I purchased the uh there's a walmart exclusive alexa bliss uh where she's holding lily there are standard alexa blisses uh spooky alexa blisses from wrestlemania uh there's a walmart exclusive nwo three pack that i bought a walmart exclusive dx two pack uh a, some ex i forget who it might have been a walmart exclusive roman reigns there was an Amazon exclusive Brock Lesnar. And don't forget to use the ad odds click through if you're pre-ordering any of these things. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't do the I didn't do the plug. I'm not feeling nah, well. you're all yeah, yeah. Amazon um, affiliate link. Adam gets caught of the fucking money. Yeah. Uh, somebody <laughs> somebody who's definitely doing a purge of their Funko Pops purchased a LeBron James and a Michael Jordan pop. <laughs> yep. Gotta uh, whoever that is, gotta get some more pops. But uh there's a GameStop exclusive cactus jack that I bought. Uh, and a GameStop exclusive Razor Ramon. So I bought a lot of Funkos today. They all went on pre-order today. Uh, the Walmart ones might even show up. Who knows? I have a very high, uh, hold on, I'm knocking on wood. I have a high success rate of Walmart pre-orders for Funkos. It's just the figures that they fuck you on. But, uh, so yeah, a lot of reveals over the last week for WWE stuff. I still buy their toys. So let me say this. So yes. you had publicized in many places as the dude love Funko pop came out. Right. Yes. And I go, Oh, a dude love Funko pop. That's adorable. Yeah. Do I need that? I thought to myself and I said, no, I don't. Then as the rest of the, uh, uh, announcements came out, I'm like, Oh, there's a mankind one. And comes in like this lunchbox and a whole bunch of other shit. And it's yep. a classic mankind look. Do I really need that? I'm like, eh, if I, you know, eh, I don't really need it. Then I see the Cactus Jack one, and I'm like, okay, I don't need them because yeah. it's WWE Cactus Jack. It's not ECW, WCW Cactus Jack. Um, it's a, They're cool-looking pops. I love Mick, um, but I looked at – you know, I did the – I crunched the numbers, and it's like 30 bucks, 12 bucks, 12 bucks. I can't – you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm done with pops. I love Mick. <laughs> If it was sold as a set, oh, like the NWO yeah. one, that'd be an easier get. 100%. Yeah, that would yeah. be. I think that that's your next thing is that they'll do like just in a slightly different pose. 
sure. do the three faces of Foley. And I would absolutely get that. Um, when I I placed my first order, because I had a, like, I ordered all these pops, but it, like some of them were from Walmart, some were from Amazon, some were from GameStop. So I have orders all over the place. And originally I ordered the Dude Love on Amazon, uh, along with like the Alexas and the Brock. And then I ordered the Cactus from GameStop because the cactus was the one I was like, okay, I really like this one. Uh, and I thought to myself, I already have a mankind Funko. It's the mankind from like the rock and sock era though, you know, with like the, the, the button up shirt. So I'm like, okay, I'll have all three faces of Foley. And then as you said, the classic like boiler room era, mankind one goes up and I'm like, I, I don't need that. And that made me chicken out of the 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 dude love one, so I canceled the order on that one too. Um, so all I'll have is the cactus jack, and I will argue you say that it's the WWE cactus and not the ECW or WCW. All cactuses are the WWE one, pal. All right, they it's, own them it's, all. <laughs> it's the shorter hair that does yeah. it. No, I got you. Yeah, because like I can make the argument like of him in the flannel and him with the garbage can, but it's him with the shorter hair that specifically puts him as less Cactus Jack and more 2006 to 2008 Mick Foley. Yeah. Um, all right, so I purchased for pre-order from ToddMcFarlane.com or McFarlandToys.com Wave 2 of the Princess Bride figures, which is pretty much just mostly repaints uh, of Wesley, Inigo Montoya, Buttercup, Fezzik, but it also has the first ever Vizzini figure with the uh, uh, the the wine glasses for the uh, the Battle of the Wits, which I, I needed that. So again, I mentioned this months ago when the first wave came out. Princess Bride, my favorite movie. Uh, I need the figures. I was tempted. I was like, well, do I really need? Like, I didn't want the Buttercup in the first line, so do I need her in the second line? But the completest in me was like, I might as well fucking buy them all. Right, so I'm glad that they're finally doing a Wallace Shaw action figure. <laughs> yep. My only lament is that they're never going to do uh, an Andre Gregory figure so that I can't reenact uh, my dinner with Andre uh, <laughs> diorama. So, you know, until they release an, uh, an Andre Gregory figure, I could pass on the Wallace Shaw action figure. All right, fair enough. Um. I had seen in the major pod group lots of people uh, over the last week or so showing off their Ethan Ethan Page cello figure, the cello retro that they had yeah, yeah. like two years ago. I and guess I, folks were getting them last week, like as we were recording last week. Yep, yep. And I was seeing a lot of people showing them off, and I was like, oh, man, that that's kind of cool. Like, I know I didn't care about it when it was initially offered, uh, but like I was getting some FOMO. And apparently the company like JB Toys that handles the U.S. sales of the cellos, um, they tweeted out and put an Instagram that, hey, we sent out all of our pre-orders, but we still have some left over. And if you'd like to buy them, you know, they're just regular retail, like the same price, you know, whatever it was, like 30 bucks. Uh, so I purchased an Ethan Page cello retro. Cool. Um, so I'm torn as I would like to purchase it. Yeah. And I know it was one of the early ones. I don't think it looks great. I think the figure itself doesn't look great. But, like, if you're taking it out of the package and playing with it and you put it next to a Hasbro, it looks kind of small and it might not be that great. But I think if you look at it for the overall packaging, you know, and you got the picture of Ethan there with the tightest tits in the game, you know, and all that stuff. uh, I think the overall presentation of it looks awesome. 
if you're going to take it out and like play with it, yeah, maybe it's weak, but I like the the packaging for the cellos. I'm not playing. I wouldn't be playing with it. We'll we'll talk about that later. All right. I wish I had known that you would have even considered. We could have saved on shipping. Yeah, that's that's on me, pal. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Speaking of the major pod uh, group, uh, if you were watching uh, the podcast this past week or listening to the podcast this past week, uh, a segment was live from Hicken's Bottom. Uh, we had the very controversial VSK and Alex Reynolds doing the incarnation of domination for Shawn Michaels. And one of the figures that was brought up on that segment, um, I had seen for the very first time when I went on Doll Safari with uh, Jay Gold out in New York at like Wrestling Universe. Okay. And they mentioned it on this segment. And I thought to myself, I think Brian Myers was actually saying, I, I really wish they would do a Mattel reissue of it, like with the Legends. Uh, and I thought to myself, oh, man, that's a he's right. That's a really cool figure. So I went and I, uh, I checked it out on eBay and I'm going to go ahead and send it to you. But it is a Jax Road to WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels figure, obviously, uh, where he is dressed up as Hulk Hogan. Oh, I know that one very well. Yes. Yep. So when he was basically uh, like impersonating him in the lead up to that, their big uh, SummerSlam match. Yes. Uh, again, this is like road to WrestleMania, but it's based on a SummerSlam angle. I don't, I don't get it. But uh, um, again, I had seen that in person, thought it was cool as hell, but it was at the wrestling universe. So it was probably like five times retail price. Um, so I managed to get a pretty nice uh, minty one uh, on eBay this week. Not in my hands yet, but looking forward to that. Cool. That is a nice looking figure. Hopefully... It comes in decent shape. Yeah, hopefully. All right, Joe. So let me ask you this. Would you like me to end on something that might make you happy or end on something that might make you roll your eyes? Because I have two more things left. Well, you had been hyping up some sort of big purchase that you were expecting like a standing ovation from me. Yeah. You want me to save that for last? Sure. Okay. All right, I purchased something recently uh, that I originally wasn't going to talk about because I was like, oh, God, I'm going to get heat for this. But I thought I I bought it for the bit, Joe. So it's like I can't not talk about things if I bought it for the bit. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, I'm bored. I've kind of reached the end of eBay. There's nothing else on eBay. You know, so I'll go and I'll look. I'll go to like major pod merch. Oh, there's nothing there. And if there is, they'll probably just ship it to me in like shitty, shitty, shitty condition with no regard for anybody's money. Um, but uh, so there's nothing there. So I'm like, I'll go to, you know, Matt Cardona merch. Oh, there's nothing there. You know, I'll go to Myers merch. There's nothing there. I'm like, huh, I pretty much got into every, every website I could think of. So I end up going. I was like, you know what? I haven't gone to Chelsea's merch site in a long time. I'm oh, going to go no. there and see if there's anything there. And wouldn't you know it, Joe, for sale, only 10 in existence. Now, again, you know that their numbers are 100% official when they tell you. It is an exclusive item that was only sent to invitees of the wedding. It is the official save the date magnet. (laughs) That was... All right. So first of all, it was very inexpensive. It was cheap. It was cheap. And I figured, all right, for the bit, it's awesome. And I sent it to friend of the show, Derek, who does our Photoshops when I need a good one done. Sure. And he, 
he basically was like, all right, this is borderline. But he's like, if you display this with the wedding brawlers and if you ever get the shot glass, which I'm in the market for. Uh, and the socks. <laughs> yeah, or the socks. It'll be a good little setup. So I'm going to send you this in just one second so you can see what I'm talking about. I ordered this straight from Chelsea and it was shipped last week. And I apologize as I'm stalling here. And as is often the case, I get my things way after everybody else. You know, for whatever reason, alphabetically, I'm at the end of the list. So I'm sending you the picture of the magnet. And there's other people in the pod group who had gotten theirs first. And in the listing, it said, uh, I will sign the magnet. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I was like, I don't know how I feel about it being signed by, like, I would rather, like, unsigned. I don't know. But I saw, the like, what other marks had gotten. And it's a cool little presentation. I just sent you the picture. Yep, you sent me and, both, the signed yeah. and unsigned. Yeah, so the in the, the listing, it, they show the unsigned version. And uh, then, again, I guess people got it, and it was signed by both people. So yada, yada. I get mine, and wouldn't you know it, Joe, it's not signed at all. Oops, and I'm sending you uh, pictures in a second here. So I get mine, and it's not signed. So I think to myself, am I, like, Mandela affecting that they promised to sign it? So I go back to Chelsea's website, and by now the item is sold out. But the listing, if you see the screenshot I sent you, they removed the I will sign it part. Yep. I see the initial, the initial thing says signed, and then there's a post one where after some point they decided to say not signed. Yeah, so I'm thinking to myself, did they, like, did she realize she sent some of them out without signing them and then was like, oh, fuck, I better cover my ass and remove the thing from the listing, you know? So uh, Derek had actually said, well, why don't you just go ahead and message him and see if he could send it back? And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to bother. So I actually, two days ago, I sent a screenshot of the the listing from their website that says it was signed and the picture of my unsigned one, I sent it to the customer service email on Chelsea's big cartel, which obviously is just Chelsea. And I just said something to the effect of, um, hold on, I'm getting the email. She uh, doesn't have her own version of Tim Sterling that handles these things for her. I have no clue. Well, I originally thought like, okay, this could just be like somebody like Tim Sterling. So I just said, uh, hi, it looks like my wedding magnet slipped through the cracks unsigned. It's not a big deal, but if I ever bring it to a signing one day, you owe me one. Okay, I think that's good enough. Yeah, like I'm not asking like, you know. Give me my I money do- back, send me another limited item, yeah, yeah, or yeah. I'm going to mail this to you, you sign it and send it back to me. Yeah, exactly. But like if I ever go to an AIW show, I could bring it there and be like, yo, 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 remember I emailed you about this, can I get it signed? I think yeah. that's reasonable, right? Um, so the next day from Paris, I get an email from Chelsea and it just says, hey, Adam, I'm so sorry. If you send it back to me, I'll, I'll have me and Matt sign it. Oh, that's mighty nice of Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so like I responded, cool, I can do that. What's the address? And then that's where it ended. So I haven't had a response back from there. Uh, so we'll update it. But it was cool that like in Paris, uh, Chelsea decided to reply to me. So. Uh, I don't know, like I, whether I send it back or not, I don't know. Cause there's always the chance with the post office. Do it. Does it ever get back to Orlando? Does it get back to me? I'm rolling the, the dice with that kind of stuff, but it was cool that they, that she was willing to, to resign it. 
Right. Your luck with the post office is no luck at all. Exactly. All right. So that is the item that, like, uh, again, it was borderline. It was that's so Vansky, but I had to have it, you know? Of course. A must have. It must have. All right, Joe. So I purchased something else this week, and this will be my last thing. And just a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I also saw this in the Major Pod group. And the guy who was selling this item, excuse me, has been trying to sell it for a while. And a couple weeks ago, I saw it, and it was like a crazy high price. But I was like, oh, that's cool. If I had that kind of money, I would instantly buy that. You know, it was one of those things where it was like, I would like to add that to my collection, but it's way too expensive. Um, then maybe like a week later, same guy listing it, like a hundred is dropped off the price. I'm like, oh, hey, he's dropping the price. That's cool. Still not going to buy it. Still too expensive. Another week goes by, another hundred drops off of it. And just keep in mind, if there's enough room on it for hundreds to be dropping off of it, we started off at a relatively high price. Um, So it drops down again. And I'm like, oh, we're starting to get itchy here. Uh, Last Thursday, when we were recording, he puts it in the flea market for another hundred off. And by the end of our recording, he dropped it again to an even lower price. And the price that he dropped it down to, Joe, was, I think, a damn good price for it, like, way lower than it should have been. And I was surprised that uh, that it was not scooped up because it is pod related. It's uh, it's pod boys, you know, Hawkins and Broski related. So I'll, uh, I'll just, I'll say this. Yeah. You know, as you've been going, drop it at a hundred, drop it at a hundred. Like if I'm correct, like he's dropped it like 500 since his initial listing. Um, I, let me do the math. $350 worth. Okay. Woof was what it was dropped it sent from the point where I took notice to when I pulled the trigger. Sure. All right. Um, so it dropped and like on Thursday he put it in the flea market and he was like, all right, this is my lowest price, blah, blah, blah. So I went to message him and turns out this is actually somebody that I had sold stuff to previously. So there was already like, you know, Facebook message had been recognized. Um, but I was like, Hey man, I'm kind of thinking about this. Uh, would you do PayPal goods and services? You know, friends just, and family. No, no, because obviously friends and family is what people want you to pay because oh, they yes, don't, yes. you don't have to get uh, the taxes and all that stuff and you get a, you get the full money in your pocket. Gotcha, gotcha. But if I'm paying something that is a high ticket item, you know, we're not talking a $35 figure here. We're talking, you know, a high price thing. And I sure if you send a good a friends and family, you know, he could just be like, ha ha, fuck, fuck you. you. I got your money. Exactly. Um, so he was like, yeah, no problem. You can send it to me, uh, uh, goods and services. So we, you know, we did it and it arrived and it is awesome. So I am going to actually send you a video clip, Joe, in the chat. And it is a YouTube clip. And if you could, it's about, uh, about two minutes. You know, if you want to play some of it, just to give up people an idea of what we're talking about uh and then we'll talk about what you're seeing so you have a a a link coming in francisco i did it i did it just like i said i would kurt hawkins has stepped foot in the ring at no mercy 
very clear what's going on. Thank you and good night. Pyro. All right. So if you want to go ahead and is pause it, that. Is it Brian's game? <laughs> so uh, when I sent you that link, just for whatever reason, it, it queued in where I like stopped playing it. Uh, but this was uh, Kurt Hawkins' return to WWE being rehired. And uh, every time I've showed people that, they've said, is it his game? Uh, so that's funny. But I actually purchased, and I'm sending it over to you, his uh, ring vest, Joe. Oh, get out of town. Yeah. Uh, and it's coming over to you in tax form. And it's signed on the back by Kurt Hawkins. It says, return to WWE 2016, face the facts. Uh, I looked and I had mentioned uh, someplace that this is one of those purchases that is going to result in me having to purchase other stuff because yes. I found out that uh, his 2017 tops card is him wearing this gear, this vest. Uh, and there is also an eight by 10, like a WWE eight by 10 where he's wearing the same gear. Uh, and I think I need to take all of that stuff, like the card, the eight by 10, the vest, and I need to get it all framed together in like one presentation. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that is a good companion piece to all of the broski stuff that you have. <laughs> yeah, I definitely need, like, I feel like I need to balance the scales, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah, that's uh, really cool. Like I said, as you know, it's very clear I'm more of a Hawkins guy than a Broski guy. Uh, but this is a that's a real cool piece of uh, history there. Yeah, like I, of all the things you can get, like uh, of gear, you know, like he had like just from doing my research of like looking for photos and stuff like that. You know, obviously there's a bunch of different like puffy vests that he wore over the years, and short of getting like the one that his elite was based off of, which is like an or or like a orange one, uh, I think that this is very iconic because it's the return, you know, for sure. So, uh, and, and like I said, for what I paid for it, I think I paid a very, 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 very reasonable amount of money, and I'll just say uh, I paid less for that vest than I would have paid in cigarettes since I quit. Oh, there you go. You know, now, so it, it's free money the way I see it. Now, do I have to call you on the carpet because somebody might have stooged you off and said that you were ripping heaters this week? Who said I was ripping heaters? Because I 100% haven't ripped a heater in, checking the thing here, in 28 days. No, that's a lie. I had one during the Super Bowl, and I hated it. Like I, I bummed a cigarette just to see, cause I had been drinking and that happens. And I was like, this is disgusting. And I couldn't finish it cause I felt like I was going to throw up. So in 28 days I've had a cigarette and I didn't pay for it. So if somebody said anything to the contrary, they're, they're lying. I could have swore Todd tweeted something out that said when you would tease this, he tweeted out, I got a chance to see this when Adam went out to rip some heaters. Oh, yes. He left me with a complete lit alone in his collection while he ripped heaters. It would be easy. <laughs> no, uh, Todd hasn't been at my house in several weeks either. When I saw him for porch talk, we, we met at the uh, uh, at the Cinnabon. So are you insinuating that Todd's lying? 
I'm insinuating that Todd likes telling a story. You know, gotcha. He's a, he's a storyteller. He's an but, entertainer. Uh, he's an entertainer. But no, I legit like I, I had a cigarette, like I said, at the Super Bowl, but I am clean uh almost a month now. Gotcha. But like I said, good uh, for you, I say. Like, according to my app, like I said, uh just the amount it has a little tracking to tell you what you would have spent, and the vest was less than that. Uh and as Todd would say, he said that this uh this gear is a good investment. No oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end now, it there, the, the, the other question I have is, yeah. so when you go to an LVAC show, are you wearing the vest over the jacket or the jacket over the vest? Uh, I am not wearing the vest anywhere. The vest, in my mind, is an irreplaceable piece of wrestling history where the broski jacket is just a piece of fucking around joke stuff you know a sexy a sexy fucking jacket yeah it is a sexy fucking jacket but like if god forbid something bad happens to the jacket while i will be sad uh i did not lose a piece of wrestling history you know so the vest uh honestly i didn't even try the vest on i might have to try it on and take a picture but uh uh the vest is currently in my closet awaiting uh whether i get it framed or what my next plan is for it Right. So I, I had a feeling it was going to be some sort of piece of gear that you had purchased. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when you were teasing something with Chelsea, I'm like, oh, no, did you buy uh, like the Chelsea like one legged tights from the <laughs> GCW show or something? That's, and again, that's a bad decision because that's only half the number of sniffs. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sniffs are there where it counts. Luckily, we're this late in the show. We can get away with saying shit like that. No, everybody's tuned out by now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, let me know uh, like how the rest of the collection with that goes, you know? Yeah, like I said, I, I ordered the card already. It was like a dollar, so it doesn't matter. Sure. Um, I have the 8x10. It was apparently like kind of like a loot crate thing, you know? So it was like not WWE issued, but like... Something called That Wrestling Club used a picture of him in that. So um, that's, I just haven't bought it yet, but that's like 15 bucks, 12 bucks, something like that. Um, the hardest part is going to be framing it and having it look good. So uh, I had messaged friend of the show, DJ, who's very good at framing art. Oh, um, yeah, he's a, he's a smart man. Yeah, and I said, hey, have you, I didn't tell him what it was, but I just said, do you have any experience uh, framing, like, jerseys or gear or anything like that and he says he did not but uh he was interested to to hear what uh what challenge i might throw his way so uh we might uh we might have to collaborate on something there it depends but uh, if there's anybody who's capable of doing it, i'm sure he could do it it's just whether or not uh it's feasible with the size and the thickness of this vest you know right right that's the thing i would be concerned about yeah but uh to be continued Cool, cool set of weekly purchases. Now, is there going to be a uh, all heat no heater segment here to close out things? <laughs> How is uh, your 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 recent trials and travails regarding any other purchases? Uh I alluded to this a little bit. Um, I recently got in the mail my Major Pod merch books, which were uh, whatever limited to like 150 copies. You know, brother. Uh, where basically it was just, here's all the merch that the major pod has put out. And you also got with each book, 
um, an autographed uh, Hawkins and Broski card. And uh, I obviously got mine many, many weeks after other people got theirs. And these were items that I purchased on New Year's Eve. So it has been uh, almost two full months of waiting for Knick to ship them out. Uh, they were shipped and they arrived today in what is quite possibly the lowest quality bubble mailer envelope that I've ever seen. Um, like if you were to go to the 99 cent store, they would probably sell you better bubble envelopes than Knick used for these. Um, and it's a good thing that I got free shipping. You know, they didn't charge shipping for this. Oh no, actually they shipped, they charged a lot of money for shipping. Uh, they charged $9 to ship these two books from New Jersey to Pennsylvania. Um, and, but, uh, you know what? It, it's cool because it was like priority mail with track. No, it wasn't priority mail. It was fucking media mail. Uh, so, it, so not only was it slow to ship them, you know, two months, uh, and it was sent like a, a terrible shipping service and I paid probably three to four times what it actually cost to ship it, but they arrived and you know, obviously my mailman had to get his licks in. So he fucking rolled the thing and stuck it into my mailbox, which is fine for a book, but there's goddamn autographed cards inside of this thing. Uh, didn't write, do not bend on it, which would have probably solved all of this. Cause right. Which is doing, you have to adhere to the mailman's code. If you write, do not bend on it. Exactly. So I get these books that were shoddily packed at the snail's pace, rolled up into my mailbox and I go out and I'm like, I don't even want to open this. Because I know the horror show that's going to be inside. I know that baseball cards or, or sports cards are not meant to be rolled. You know, it's not in their nature. So I'm like, all right, this is fucking $100 down. Well, more than $100 because of the goddamn shipping gouging that I paid. It's probably like $120 down the toilet for two of these merch books. And I had intended on keeping one and selling one um, and just breaking even. That was my goal. Um, but I rip it open. And like the keep in mind, the picture that I sent you was of the envelope all torn up. But that was me just ripping it open. The, the envelope, surprisingly, was in good condition. So the damage that was done to these books uh, wasn't. How should I put this? It wasn't clear that it happened from like the post service, like whipping the thing into a conveyor belt and running it over. Like it was just from it traveling from point A to point B. But these things, the top left corner, the spine, the part you would look at if you put these on a bookcase because they're books, <laughs> the spine is destroyed. Now, granted, I am OCD. I am an anal person. I might hold collectibles to a higher standard than the next person. But Joe, you saw these photos. Am I exaggerating when I say that these are fucking destroyed? I would be, the, these are embarrassing. Yeah. The, the state that these came in, and obviously I've been following the thread, and one, I see you're not the only one that had them damaged. Um, I didn't realize how much you paid for shipping and how little they actually spent on shipping to send these out. I will say that at least it wasn't just you, um, but at least other people had theirs trashed as well. Um, you don't see any of the major pod people coming in here and talking about it, and I doubt you will. No, no, this is exactly like, I don't want to say it's the same situation as collar and elbow, but like there was a, a, a very loud 
majority of people shitting on collar and elbow and the pod boys were very silent for a very long time. You know, it wasn't up until recently that they were like, okay, we're just going to start our own merch site for that stuff. But like, if you're going to have connect and it was connect was, it was shipped out in New Jersey and he ships all the stuff. And a couple weeks ago, he said in the Facebook group, Oh, sorry, I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to, to ship them out. And he actually said in the Facebook group, uh, we are working on replacing a bunch of them that got damaged from the printer. And that's what the holdup is for. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So apparently either you still shipped out the fucked up ones so that you could squirrel some away and use them as giveaways or sell them on the website or whatever, or the ones that you got in to replace the damaged ones then went and got fucking damaged because you sent them out in 20 cent bubble mailers. So again, I, oh, I don't even want either one of them now. I had wanted to keep one, but like, if I'm telling you I did not even open it to look in the inside, I'm telling the truth. I did not give a shit. I'm not even going to open it to look through it. I'm sure it's a great book, but it's just in such shitty condition, and I'm so fucking steamed by just the giving no fucks shipping from Connect. And it's one thing if it was free shipping. You know, it, it, that's another story. But you're going to charge $9 for shipping and then send it media mail? It, right. It's unacceptable. Uh, like I'm very steamed by that. And, uh, it's, so is this going to be the final straw for you to stop buying stuff like this from them? I think that I don't want to say that that's the case, but I will say that I have to scale back my whole buying two to flip stuff just because like with this, I I'm going to have a hard time selling both of them, you know, as opposed to before I was like, I'm going to sell one and make my money back, you know? Uh, just because they came in a state that, like, I would be hard-pressed to find anybody that would want to buy one, you know? And, and it's just, if you're going to sell this much merch, maybe not have a guy who only, who doesn't drive uh, and doesn't uh, live anywhere close to a post office, you know, hand-deliver shit uh, in New Jersey. Like, maybe either get more people on the job, or I, I don't know, but, like... This is not cutting it, just the the fucking snail's pace at which you have one guy shoddily shipping stuff. Right, and I get, listen, they have farmed out so much of their other stuff to other people, um, but there's definitely been a dip in the quality of the shipping of your stuff since you turned this over to Connect. Yeah. And So, uh, how did you pay for this? Uh... I mean, probably like I paid it on their website. So um, I assume I probably clicked checkout and then routed it through PayPal because I never typed my credit card into anything. So, I mean, okay. it wasn't goods and services. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't like a friends and family Facebook deal. It was all done through like a, a merchant checkout, you know? So I would give it like a day or two. Um, I would maybe even see if they address it. I would even tag Knick in a comment. And uh, before the time frame is up, I would file a dispute with PayPal. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they're not going to acknowledge, and again, I'm not saying hundreds. They claim there was only 150 sent out. But just looking at the comments, there's like at least seven other people that said like, I haven't gotten mine yet. Um, Mine came dom damaged as well. Other people that just say no comment because they don't want to ruffle any feathers. 
Yeah, but they're that's like they agree that they're in a similar boat, but they're just not wanting to to get because right. I said to you and, and Kevin in our group chat, I might get kicked off the, the Facebook group because they're all about like, oh, no negativity in here. Well, you know, I, I'm not exactly uh, like a, somebody who hides from like arguing and shit like that. So I was like, I fully expected to post that and those pictures and do so with a shitty attitude and to just have the entire group rile up against me but it wasn't that case like, i'm very surprised by the fact that there were more people on my side than anything else you know now i have a question for you i know you do a lot more wheeling and dealing in the facebook group than i do uh-huh do you want me to tag connect in this i mean at the end of the day, i don't give I'm... a fuck if i get kicked out of the facebook group <laughs> i'm never in there yeah I honestly think that with the Facebook algorithm and the amount of comments and likes that, or at least responses that that post is getting, uh, everybody that's in that group has seen that post, you know? So I, I think whether you tag him or you don't, he's seen it, you know? So it really doesn't matter to me, you know, you do what you want, but uh, 100%, you know, Broski's seen it, Myers has seen it, Smart Mark has seen it, you know? But like you said, doesn't matter. The check cleared. The book's made. The books are sold. They're all out right. of Knicks, you know, apartment, whatever. And I'll buy the next thing, you know. But like, oh, it is what it is. I'm very, I'm, I'm upset about it, but I'm glad that I have the, uh, the all heat no heater segment to, to vent my uh, frustrations. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to put a note in there and say I would file a PayPal dispute if this is how Nick is sending stuff. Yeah. And I say, please kick me out of the group. <laughs> please. Right. Yeah. Don't they know who you are? They can't get rid of you. You can't fire me. I'm if they know fired. who I am or not. I'm nobody. <laughs> can't fire me. I'm already fired. Ooh. <laughs> oh, there it is. All right, bud. That's all I got, though. Nice short show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Episode 178, Add Odds with Wrestling. Be safe out there. Enjoy some wrestling. I got to go to bed. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.